0: Everybody out there is having a great day. It's a beautiful day here in Western Montana. Hopefully, it's beautiful all around the great state of Montana. You're listening to Nuanes now on 102.9 ESPN at Missoula. Maybe watching in statewide television SWX Montana TV. Big show for you today. Rashad Rainey from SWX Montana is usually here. He has a, another obligation today, so he's not able to be in studio. But we will finish up our Major League Baseball previews. We've been breaking down every single division in pro baseball, finished up with the sixth and final division, the American League Central today, so we'll have that for you about 5.30, but before that, a whole bunch of other great guests and talking points, a pretty wide variety of what we're going to talk about in today's show. We're going to get things started with Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, where we talk all things college hoops, the final four for both the women's and men's tournaments set. Gonzaga he- head to the final four for the second time in program history after just trouncing USC last night. First uh, Final Four appearance since 2017 and a second in school history for the Zags. Houston and Baylor, they took care of business on Monday night. Houston, that's their first Final Four appearance since 1984. And uh, Baylor into the Final Four for the first time since 1950. UCLA, the surprise team, they beat Michigan yesterday 51-49. So the Bruins into the Final Four for the 19th time, first time since 2008, And uh, an 11 seat, so a pretty impressive run. They lost in the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 tournament, and they have not lost since. They played in the play-in game. They beat Michigan State. And so we'll talk all things uh, NCAA tournament with Brooks Nuanas. 430, this is going to be fun. A new Big Sky Conference all-time record holder is going to join us, Claire Howard. She is the goalie for the University of Montana women's soccer team, and she posted her 30th career shutout over the weekend to help Montana stay undefeated. So Claire Howard's now the all-time leader in shutouts in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Absolutely one of the best goalies and one of the best athletes the Grizz have had in quite some time. And one of the best goalies in the history of the league, to be quite honest. So Claire will join us about 4.30, talk all about her life in soccer and and what it means for her to have that record. Also going to do a little bit of trivia. Maybe uh, we'll have a call in today. We have not taken a call for trivia, but I'm going to have a couple of trivia questions for you. It is a wing of Wednesday, so we have a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. Top of the hour, Ryan Collingwood's going to swing by. Ryan is the, well, I guess technically he's doing a lot of other things now. Uh, he's a sports writer at the Spokesman Review. He's been covering the Eastern Washington men's uh, basketball and football beats for the last couple of years for the Spokesman Review over there in Spokane. Uh, but now he's kind of a general assignments guy because Eastern Washington, not um, in the tournament anymore. They lost in the first round. But also Gonzaga is on such a great run. So Ryan has been out in Indianapolis for the last couple of weeks. I hung out with them out there. When I was out in Indy, but he's had to had to stay. I should say he gets to stay. But it is even if you're having fun or you're going to a great tournament like that, it is still sort of weird that uh, you know living in a hotel for a couple weeks, being far away from home. But anyway, we'll swing Ryan will swing by and tell us all things, talk all things Indianapolis, and I'll also talk about Eastern Washington because pretty much mass exodus from Eastern Washington athletics over the last couple of weeks. Six players from the Eagle men's basketball team to the portal, as well as their head coach Shante Leggins, leaving for a job at Portland. Yesterday from the women's team, five players into the NCAA transfer portal. And then today, an All-Big Sky linebacker from the football team, Chris Ojo, into the portal as well. So uh, we'll talk all things Eastern Washington with Ryan around 5 o'clock for our ESPN Roundtable. And then again, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television going to swing by to talk American League Central as we finish up our baseball previews. Opening day, it is on Thursday. If you need somewhere to go watch Major League Baseball on opening day, head on down to Silver Slipper. They have 55 TVs. It's a great place to watch baseball. They got poker in the back. They have all sorts of good stuff. Drink specials, beer specials each and every day. Tarantino's Pizza, which is delicious. So if you need somewhere to watch opening day of baseball, head on down to the Silver Slipper, one of Montana's best kept secrets. Brooks, my brother, my business partner, my main guy. He was on the road earlier today, so I had to catch up with him uh, via the uh, the Bluetooth. He, he makes a drive to and from Yellowstone National Park every day as part of his uh, main gig as a wine and beer distributor. Uh, but we were able to catch him uh, while he was coming back from the beautiful Gardner, Montana. So here's Brooks and I's conversation from earlier today of all things NCAA tournament and the Final Four. Going out of the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Brooks Nuanes. to now. Brooks, the uh, co-owner and the head photographer, dra- director of creativity, com, but also an aficionado when it comes to college hoops. We've been getting into this college basketball tournament, uh, Brooks, and so I know last night the Elite Eight, a couple t- more tickets punched to the Final Four, but first, I think that Uh, You and I both, we have not been that enamored with college basketball recently, but it seems as if this tournament has been very fun to watch. It's been a a much more appealing style of basketball, I think, uh, than in past years. And I I don't really know the the factors as to why, but it seems like this has been more fun to watch than in past years.
1: Uh, Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, there's a longing for sports that we all had after this. You know, some sports didn't stop forever, but some sports had this gap. And I know me personally, the NBA bubble reinvigorated my love of of basketball, not only in the professional level, but in the college level, just because for a second there, it seemed like it wasn't going to be on all the time. Um, Baseball is a sport that's on quite regularly, um, but it's a little bit more, you know, seasonal as far as the summer goes. I'm usually outside doing stuff not watching every single game. Basketball season is so fun because there's so many different games on all the time. Football really, you know, they lock down. Of course, they're, they're spreading their their wealth to multiple days a week, but football has that Sunday, kind of Sunday and Monday lockdown. But basketball, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Sunday nights. There's women's games on Sundays nationally. There's uh, the Big site Conference plays on Thursdays and Saturdays. There's tons of basketball, and the, the NBA bubble kind of brought that back for me. But this tournament has particularly, as you mentioned, been really fun. I think a lot of factors play into it, but a lot of it due to the, the single-neutral site. I think that there's, uh, you know, uh, the ability to get a little bit more comfortable with your hotel room, with the, the accommodations. There's no travel. You don't have to pick up and go find a new gym. Um, I think all of that's played into a lot of the upsets we've seen. It's been, it's been a crazy, awesome tournament so far.
0: Crazy, awesome tournament, but then now here we are. The dust has settled, and obviously, UCLA, the surprise team in the Final Four, but they are still UCLA. They do still have the most Final Four appearances of any program in the history of college basketball. But that said, an 11 seed in the Final Four, pretty cool. But now that the dust has settled overall, you basically have the two best teams, Gonzaga and Baylor, on opposite sides of the bracket along with Houston who's had a good year under Kelvin Sampson but um, even though there has been so many upsets it seems like the matchup that everybody like wanted and maybe predicted is
1: still remains alive yeah I, I think so I think Gonzago is you know obviously the clear favorite um, to at least make a final four run and they've proven as as, as such I mean what a good team I heard some uh, some commentators, some studio analysts, including Charles Barkley, and Kenny Anderson, talking about after you know at halftime of Gonzaga um, of Gonzaga's last Elite Eight game um, versus USC. They were talking about is this the most dominant college team since when? You know, we were to, and they all kind of settled on since UNLV in, in the nineties in that 1990-91 season uh, with Larry Johnson, a, a fantastic, uh, historic team. I, I think this Gonzaga team. You know, depending on how it finishes in the finals, will go down as one of the greatest teams in college basketball history. Uh, not only because the trials of of the season, but also just talent level. Amazing team. Uh, and as you mentioned, Baylor is also right there. I was been really impressed with Houston. I think Kelvin Sampson's done a great job. but uh, defensively, they really turn it up. Um, I saw a really interesting stat in the Sweet or in the Elite Eight. There was three teams uh, that were in the top five in, in defense, uh, in defensive scoring. In the nation, three, three of the five teams in the top five of defensive scoring were in the Elite Eight. And I thought that was an interesting stat um, that really plays into tournament time. Uh, but UCLA... They really messed up my betting, Colter. I don't know how you felt about it, but they lost me a whole lot of money in that Michigan game. Um, You know, I've been doing pretty well with the the betting in this tournament, and that was a tough one to lose. Tough for my pocketbook, at least for that loss. uh, As The number one seed Michigan goes down. Yeah, no
0: question. I think they busted a lot of people's brackets. Brooks Nuanez joining us here on Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Also statewide, SWX Montana Television. And before we talk about some of these upcoming final four matches, we got to talk a little bit about Oregon State. They uh, looked like they were just completely out of gas in the first half against Houston. But Wayne Tinkle's squad, former Montana head coach, they really rallied in the second half. They won the second half by 11 points, but they ended up falling to Houston. But uh, one of the most unlikely but also pleasant runs that we've seen in quite some time. man. Coach Tinkle, he earned himself a contract extension. All the bonus money that he earned from this great run, I think he earned about $450,000 in extra bonuses. He's donated it all back to the athletic department. So uh, a rich and great story. I know it stopped a little bit short of where maybe the the Cinderella really, the people wanted them, them to fully make it to the Final Four. But still pretty cool for the state of Montana with all Coach Tinkle and his family's Montana ties and uh, pretty darn good
1: run for by the Beavers. You know it was impressive man I mean what a thing to it's just so rare to be picked to finish dead last in a league and and go win the conference tournament in a league that I think a lot of people slept on including you know me for sure everyone talked about the big ten the entire year a couple different teams from large conferences the pac 12 really got slept on it had such a great Showing Went throughout the tournament with several different teams, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, all making it really deep into the tournament. But Oregon State, as you mentioned with our cool ties to Missoula, um, Coach Tinkle really had that team playing well. So impressive defensively. His his unwavering commitment to that 2-3 zone um, and then his ability to mix in a couple 1-3-1s uh, one, with some extended traps, um, I thought that his ability to commit to that active, um, know where everyone's at but active 2-3 zone really played so well into into his hands of, of being able to control the game keep it low scoring and get just enough uh, uh, enough momentum baskets from some of those uh really good scorers on that team you know it's, it's still a, a solid pack 12 team no matter where they finished or or how the regular season looked it really exciting i think for for anyone who's been a grizz fan or anyone who's followed coach tinkle's career uh, and always fun to see his family with With Lisa and and Jocelyn and Ellie and Trace in the stands being so supportive, Uh, really cool, I think, just for, for Missoula, the state of Montana, but Oregon State, man, Coach Tinkle had those guys playing.
0: I think a lot of people forget Kelvin Sampson, head coach for Houston, his career started at Montana Tech back in 1981. He also was an assistant for Judd Heathcote, a graduate, a graduate assistant back in 1979. So a couple Montana ties on that side of things as well. But you mentioned Brooks Gonzaga, and to me, they have an amazing talent, but it's so much more than that that's got them to this point. They're now 30 and 0. They're knocking on the door, becoming the first team since the nineteen seventy-six Indiana Hoosiers to go undefeated. And They do it with such pizzazz. They do it in such an unselfish fashion. They play so hard, Uh, and then they have this guy who's become sort of the breakout star of the tournament in sophomore post Drew Timmy. So uh, I mean, they just—they never seem to waver. It seems like they just have an onslaught from start to finish, both offensively and defensively. And now they're sitting here knocking on the door of history.
1: They really are, man. And it's so hard, I think, nationally for people to understand. Gonzaga's rise as well as Gonzaga's talent throughout the last you know, two decades. Uh, the conference they play in gets a little bit of a knock. Um, are they playing elite talent day in, day out during the conference schedule? I, I think their non-conference and what they've been able to schedule and, and, and how high level their non-conference is really does speak to some of the, the ability to play any team, anywhere, any, any night, and the the conference schedule. You, you can only play the games that are put in front of you. You know, I think a lot of coaches say that, and, but I do still not think you can sleep on the talent. And I agree with you. There is there's a scheme here, and there's a there is a system, if you will, as far as um, defensive accountability as well as moving the ball and, and being really unselfish on offense. But well, overall, man, the talent is there, and, and as you mentioned, Drew timmy he's just just—he's been lighted up. He's got the full Fu Manchu mustache. He's got the celebration after every dunk. He's long, skinny, wears the headband. He might play in the ABA. Uh, you just—you just never know where guys like that are going to come out and become stars. Um, they have plenty of them outside of of Drew Timmy as well. You know, I think Jalen Suggs, the the freshman phenom, everyone's, who doesn't get to see him all the time and keeps hearing about it, but he's had a great tournament, especially for, for a young guy. And some elite talent. You know, I think that they have three or four, if not five NBA guys on their team uh, and as the future kind of rolls on. So really fun to watch. And again, kind of a, when you mentioned Wind Tinkle and, and Oregon State, Gonzaga has so many regional ties to Montana. Um, a team that we've all, you know, when he's followed college basketball in the last two decades, he has really got to, uh, you know, we didn't even have to jump on a bandwagon. They were part of kind of this local community in the, in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, you know, small schools and, and small towns is, is pretty fun. I, I would have loved for Eastern Washington, who played so darn well in that first round, to get a win against Kansas, and think of uh, of two teams from Spokane, Washington, getting wins in the tournament—that would have been pretty fun.
0: Brooks Nuwana is joining us here on Nuwana is now one ESPN. Was a breaking down the NCAA tournament. We're now into the final four. And Timmy was so funny too because I think that you want to believe that he's just like a good college player, but I thought he really made a case as an NBA prospect last night because he scored 23 points, mostly against Evan Mobley, who's projected as the number two overall pick. So we'll see uh, how Timmy continues to evolve, but I totally think that Suggs is is a a top five, top three type pick. I I think he's going to be a really good player in the NBA. And I think Kispert, Corey Kispert has a good chance to be a good player in the NBA as well. And I think that the other that is maybe underrated about Gonzaga is everybody talks about how much prestige so many of these coaches have and how important that is to the success whether it's the Tom Izzos of the world or Mike Shishetsky, Jim Boeheim, Roy Williams, Bill Self Mark Few absolutely deserves to be talked about with those guys and he just doesn't get the national exposure that maybe
1: some of those guys get it's true, man, and I, I think a lot of that is, as you say, I think people sleep, or as I mentioned on the top, I think people sleep on the talent that he has been able to get there, and that's not an easy thing to do. A Non-traditional school, uh, private school, small in a small in a small town in Spokane, Washington, compared to the national level, um, definitely not a blue blood by any means, and and he, I mean, what a great coach. I, I love listening to him talk. and His sideline demeanor is really impressive as well. He's different than a lot of those of those, of those high-level blue-blood coaches, as you mentioned. He's different in a really cool way. And he's constructed the roster in a different way. It's not quite as traditional Jalen Suggs may be a little bit of an outlier there, but a lot of those guys, you know, I'm not thinking that he's necessarily getting guys that have offers to Kentucky and Duke to go to Gonzaga. They have five international players, they have a kid from Canada, they have four kids from Washington, um, so it's a really interesting mix that works in that area. And, you know, we've seen it work in, in, in areas throughout the West uh, in the Big Sky Conference, as well as in the WAC and the WCC, and we've seen some of the international flair mixed with some local guys, and Gonzaga's been able to do that, and I think that Mark Few deserves a ton of credit
0: credit for it. And on the other side, uh, it's easy to forget, too, that everything that Baylor has gone through as an institution and as an athletic department, a lot of scandal that resulted in uh, a pretty widespread um, exodus of coaches and and players and and all all sorts of uh, bad PR coming out of Baylor. And now, Scott Drew has this thing all the way back rolling. It has to be one of the better rebuilding jobs. I mean, it's hard to take a program like that and turn it around so quickly, but now here they are uh, one step away from going to the NCAA final.
1: Absolutely, and they've been on the map, you know, clearly for, for the better part of the last decade or two. Um, but as you mentioned, it's really hard when you when you take that dip. It's really hard to come back, especially from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, one thing that they'll always have that, they, that they've been prominent and dominant in his women's college basketball, too. And we saw the women's team take a a pretty good run all the way to a one-point loss to UConn. Um, So that athletic department clearly has made a resurgence and a recovery. Uh, Scott Drew is a really interesting uh, coach. I think he's one of the better coaches in the country right now. Um, Breaking down his story during some of the tournament time, which is always so fun with the NCAA tournament. We get this only a couple times with these huge events that are so national, that bring so many different uh, people together. The TV production always does a pretty darn good job of painting some of these stories. And, and talking about Scott Drew's uh, brother, Bryce Drew, hitting the shot for Valparaiso in the mid-'90s, um, the fifteen seed beating number two Kentucky. Such a legendary moment to kind of watch that family grow. His Their, their father was a college coach as well. Um, and He was in the stands for all these wins. It's really fun to watch that narrative. And Scott Drew has been great. And, and Baylor plays, if they had a style before, a lot of the controversy came. They're kind of back to that style. They have some bulldog point guards with some really athletic big. Um, they get downhill and they're just feisty on defense. Uh, I think Baylor has a chance to play to beat anybody if they can get past Houston. And if we uh, assume Gonzaga is going to be in the title game, I actually think that would be a pretty good battle. Second Final Four in school history for
0: Gonzaga. First Final Four for Baylor since 1950. First Final Four for um, Houston since 1984. And then UCLA is, is the team that has made the most Final Fours, but they are into the Final Four uh, for the first time since uh, 2008. So, uh, a of a resurgence for a lot of different teams. A lot of these teams have been there knocking on the door, but not actually to the Final Four. But that's the last one I want to talk to you about, Brooks. Brooks, Noana's SkylineSportsMT.com, joining us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And UCLA, they played in the play-in game, and... They beat Michigan State, and I think that would have been uh, a pretty good spot for salvaging what has been not a, a great year. And now, all of a sudden, here they are, and they're on one of the great runs in the history of the tournament. From play-in game to Final Four, and, uh, I mean, you have to say, they're about as hot as any team in the country. After that overtime loss to Oregon State in the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 tournament, now they beat Michigan State, they beat BYU, they beat Abilene Christian, they beat Alabama, they beat Michigan last night, 51-49. And so, I mean, is is this just a product of a team that's had talent all along just getting hot at the right time?
1: That's what I would characterize it as, and, and that's no knock to UCLA. I mean, clearly they're going to have a ton of talent. Um, you know, I'm always, I've been a big Mick Cronin fan. I told you the funny story of uh, <laughs> I've known about Mick Cronin since the early 2000s. Uh, I remember him at Murray State. I've always been a fan of his. Um, at Cincinnati, he had some really great teams. Um, he's memorable. He's short. He's bald. He's about five five. He yells. He plays a lot of defense. Um, and I, I was telling you the story of when they said his name at UCLA, I had wasn't sure I actually knew his name was Mick Cronin. For all I knew, his name was Sean McDermott or something, but it wasn't. It was Mick Cronin. I thought it was pretty funny of knowing about a guy, knowing his style, knowing how he plays. I wasn't really actually sure I knew his name. A really impressive coach, though, especially defensively. He knows moment to moment, timeout to timeout. You saw it last night against Michigan. They called the timeout and came out in a set and he called the instant timeout and countered and got his defensive stop and won that game for him. I mean, I think that he has a lot to do with his experience um not only in the tournament, but just throughout college basketball for the better part of the last 20 years. A good coach during these times can really help elevate the talent you have in the roster. Um, but I do think it's a team that's definitely getting hot and playing with a little bit of house money right now. Um, they sure played well against Michigan, at least holding Michigan to 49 points is not the easiest thing to do with a team that hasn't really played well most of the season, like you mentioned.
0: Is there anything that's going to derail the potential
1: powerhouse matchup between Gonzaga and Baylor in the final? Man, I, it's a good question. I, I think Houston is, is not that anyone's discrediting Houston or anyone's look, overlooking Houston, but I think Houston's really good defensively. Um, and I think that Baylor is, is not scared to get into an ugly game. Um, so I think that that game likely will, will end up being that way. Uh, my favorite player in the, last, in the last week and a half or so is is, uh, is Houston guard uh, Dejon DeRoe. I played so darn well this last game. I mean, what a defensive mastermind! And crafty can shoot the ball a little bit, gets to the rack. But defensively, I was just so impressed uh, with how well he played uh, against Ethan Thompson and a lot of the Oregon State ball handlers. He was just—he was electric. He was dominant. Um, so I think that he is the kind of guy that if you start to play the defensive game, Houston and Baylor, neither of those teams are scared. Um, I, I could see Houston pulling it off. I'm not. I'm not. I not i would not bet on that. I wouldn't call it. But I do see Houston as a as a true uh, a big time a big time team and a big time matchup for Baylor. Uh, I think Gonzaga gets past UCLA. I'd probably bet on Baylor. But I wouldn't look past the, uh, the Houston Cougars. Man, Kelvin Sampson's got a lot of experience. He's got that team rolling.
0: No question. He's Brooks Nuanez. He analyzes all sorts of different things for us here on Nuanez now, namely the NCAA basketball tournament. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. Big help. On this side of things, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. But in the, in the meantime, best of drive safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, man. Thanks. So here you go. Brooks Nuanes, Skylinesportsmt.com. You're listening to nuanes now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching it, SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Coming up, uh, Claire Howard, University of Montana Senior goalie and new Big Sky Conference record holder will be joining us. i also going to give, a, give you some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It is Wednesday. That means it's a Wing It Wednesday presented by the Despo. Got a dozen wings from the Desperado. The best wings in the city of Missoula. And Ryan Collingwood is going to join us as well. Sports writer for the Spokesman Review. We're going to talk all things NCAA Tournament. Let's talk about Eastern Washington. Jenna Dick the latest Eastern Washington athlete into the NCAA transfer portal. That's six, count them, six players from Eastern Washington women's basketball team into the portal in the last day. We already have six men in the portal as well. So the the notion that this thing was going to get out of control, well, I think it's already out of control. Think of it like this. There's only 143 scholarship players in men's basketball in the Big Sky Conference. In the last two weeks, Thirty-six players have entered the NCAA transfer portal just from the Big Sky Conference. Let's do some math here: thirty-six divided by one hundred forty-three. That's a full one-third or one-quarter, excuse me, twenty-five percent of the scholarship men's basketball players in the entire Big Sky Conference are in the portal in the last two weeks. That's insane. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's totally insane. And so how what is the sustainability of this? I don't know, but we will keep tracking it. I know it's sort of doomsday because it's not going to get any better. It's not as if a lot of these guys are going to change their minds or come back to school or any of that. I mean, um, once you're in, you're pretty much in. I don't think any very few coaches are going to let you come back. So once you're in, you're in. And I just think it's devastatingly bad for the league. The latest men's entry into the NCAA transfer portal, James Scott from Portland State. One of the highest scoring guards in the league. And so that brings the number to 36 and counting just since the end of the Big Sky Conference. Men's basketball tournament, another one of great impact from the football side of things, Chris Ojo, an All-Big Sky linebacker from Eastern Washington. They're in the midst of a spring season, and he's on his way out as well. So um, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how it gets any better. I think that it might be better when it's not a free transfer year like this. This could be just a completely unique circumstance. But how do some schools bounce back from this? I don't know, but we'll get into that with Ryan Collingwood in the second hour. But right now we got to get out because we have Claire Howard from the University of Montana women's soccer team joining us right here on Nuwana's Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Back after this.
1: Connect to more.
0: We're well, back to Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every weekday all around the great state of Montana, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Want to give us a call? Shoot us a text. You're going to remember this, need to remember this for about 15 minutes from now when we give you a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I got some trivia questions for you. We haven't done this where we've taken calls in a while, but I'm going to go back to it. So stay tuned for that. The number, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Reminder, coming up a little bit later on the show, Ryan Collingwood from the Spokesman Review is going to swing by. We're going to talk all things Eastern Washington, and we're going to talk all things Gonzaga as well. And also, we're going to finish up our baseball, Major League Baseball previews with Sean Rainey, breaking down the American League Central today, baseball opening day tomorrow. So a full baseball season on the slate. And here at ESPN Missoula, we will have all sorts of games for you. We're going to be the official carriers of the Paddleheads games as well. Uh, Missoula's now independent minor league baseball team and uh, we will also have a whole bunch of major league baseball action as well but we're t- going to continue with the variety of this show and we're going to go now to the Regish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in a recent record setter and a fifth year senior goalie for the montana women's soccer team claire howard claire thanks so much for joining us i know this is kind of funny considering i've never actually met you in person but i appreciate you taking some time and thanks so much for jumping on the show and first and foremost congratulations to you you set a big sky conference all-time record over the weekend your fourth shutout this year the 30th shutout of your career so when you hear that i mean that must put a smile on your face congratulations again and uh, how does it feel to be an all-time big sky conference record holder
2: Well, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. And, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It is definitely humbling, and it just shows that all this hard work that this program has gone through to be committed to defending and committed to all this hard work has paid off, which is pretty cool.
0: I've talked with Coach Chiavisky, Chris Chiavisky, many times about just his philosophies and how much of a priority he does put On defense, but uh, from your position, not only uh, have you had so many of these shutouts, but so often the kind of the style you guys play—it's—it's—it's oftentimes one nothing, two nothing. So it's it's a lot of pressure to keep just that one goal gap. So I mean, what's it like playing in this style as a goalie? Yeah,
2: I mean, it is definitely. We have seen a lot of results that are. Pretty close. And one of the things that our back line prides yourself on is being hard to beat. So we just take that mentality into every game and recognize that if we do our job and we do it as well as we know we can, then we are going to be hard to beat and set our team up for success and getting that shut out ultimately.
0: Tell me more about some of the, the the back line because I think that is an interesting fold, right? It's not just the goalie; it's 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 a mechanism, right? It's a it takes a a, a group effort, a team effort. So, um, strategically and and just uh, implementing that from a, from a mentality standpoint, how do you go about doing that, and why have you guys been so good on the back end defensively?
2: Totally, and I, I mean, I always say that it takes a village, and we are just a small part of that village. So, it literally takes all eleven of us on the field to get our shutouts every week. But our back line is so close, and that's one of the things I think contributes to our success is because I have their backs, they have mine, and we're so bought into us being a family, which makes things personal, and you don't want to ever let your family down. And so I think that's where a lot of our success comes from, because it's more than just a defender and a goalkeeper relationship. It's the, there's a sisterhood there.
0: Claire Howard join us, she's a fifth year senior goalkeeper for the University of Montana women's soccer team and that aspect is fascinating Claire because this last year I know it's been really weird for everybody involved but from my seat, just observing teams in a variety of different sports it seems like the teams that Uh, get along the best, the teams that are the most bonded, the teams that like being around each other the most, those are the teams that are having the most success. And then on the other side, teams that don't have that same chemistry are completely falling apart uh, in a variety of different ways. So, I mean, how important has that been for you and your team to just have that close bond and to kind of navigate what has been a pretty strange last 12 to 18 months? Yeah, it's
2: absolutely massive. And, I mean, I think that's why you do see us going out wins one or two nothing instead of getting that zero zero tie is because we are just so close and so bought in to the greater good of the team and each other. And when you play for the person next to you, it just brings it to a whole new level. It's one thing to not like play to the level you want, but to let your teammates down is just like a thing that you never want to do. And this, this past year with COVID, it's obviously been such a strange thing, but I think it's played to our advantage a little bit in the sense of last season ended and we didn't lose anybody, no seniors graduated. So we returned everybody plus implemented new freshmen. So we've been able to, like, create this family and this bond for so long, and we're finally able to see those pieces start clicking and come together in competition, which is so cool. But we've just been developing these relationships for so long.
0: Yeah, Coach Ioviski was on the show last week, and he mentioned exactly that. He said that one of the silver linings has been – you have you've had such a, a, a more of more time to develop some of the younger players particularly the freshmen so have you seen i mean now that you've played five matches so far th- during this spring season are, are, do you feel like the freshmen are way farther along than they normally would be at this time of year yes i
2: think so and i think one of their main things that they're farther along in is their confidence. I mean, typically they show up in July and are expected to compete in August. Well, they showed up in July and it's now March when they're getting to compete. So they just have so much more of an understanding of our program and the way we want to play and they also just have more confidence and they don't feel as much as a true freshman because they've been around us for so long, which is so awesome.
0: Claire Howard joining us, recently set the Big Sky Conference record with her 30th career shutout. She's a fifth-year senior goalkeeper for the University of Montana. The Grizz off to a 5-0 start so far this year. And so, tell us about that aspect of it. I mean, obviously, the defense has been outstanding. Only one goal allowed in the five matches. But other than that, I mean, what has been the keys to um, the early success so far for Grizz Soccer?
2: I think one of the successes comes from just recognizing that in this weird time, nothing is guaranteed. And so it's just taking advantage of every moment you have on that field. And we do have people graduating for the first time. And we want to just end on such a high that we are just so determined and show up and work hard and compete every day to get those results to put us in the position to hopefully win another Big Sky Championship
0: that part of the, the, the just the mentality that it takes, but also just the internal expectations, how does that drive you? Because I know that that's one thing that C- Coach Judavisky has emphasized big time, too, is he wants to embrace the tradition at Montana, but he also wants you guys to have the mentality, like, hey, not only do we expect this, but but we, we're ready to handle the pressure of being one of the best teams in the league and chasing that league title. So how do you hone that mentality as a team?
2: I think, like you said, it starts internally, and it starts from us as players and just recognizing that this is our standard. And even beyond that, we are the only Division I soccer team in Montana, the state of Montana, which is a pretty cool thing. And we also hold ourselves to a high standard because of that, that a lot of young players look up to us. And there is that tradition and excellence that Montana as a university upholds, and we strive to do that as well. But that just starts internally of how we train every day, how we carry ourselves, how we compete.
0: You yourself, Santa Rosa, California, your hometown. So tell us about your path just to Montana. I mean, when did when did the Grizz first land on your radar? And being a California girl, was there ever any hesitancy of coming to a, a cold place like Montana? What, what was it like when you were making your college decision?
2: Yes. I mean, as an 18-year-old, you don't think about the weather as much as you probably should because those first few years were hard for me adjusting to such a different type of climate. But... Growing up, I mean, I was on a very competitive club team, and Division One soccer was always on my radar. That's, I knew that is the path that I wanted to pursue. And I didn't really start becoming in contact with Montana until about my junior year. And then it was one of those moments that everybody talks about, that you have your aha moment when you step on a campus, and that's just kind of what happened here, that I came to campus, I came, watched the game, met all the girls, and it was just my aha moment of this is where I want to spend my next four or five years, and this is the team I want to compete for.
0: How does one go about becoming a goalie? I mean, did you know that you wanted to be a goalie from, from all the way from when you were little?
2: No, I did not. I didn't actually become a goalkeeper until I was in about middle school. And my coach, I played competitive basketball growing up, so there's obviously a lot of similar, similarities there. But my coach one day put me in goal thinking that I would be good at it and just see what happened. And I immediately absolutely fell in love with it. And so it kind of stuck. And then when I saw that it's just fun to fly around and dive and all that stuff, that it's something that I wanted to pursue wholeheartedly.
0: When you're trying to hone the specific athletic talents that it takes to play goalkeeper, I mean, how do you go about doing that? I mean, are you practicing lateral dives and all sorts of things like that when you're training on your own?
2: Yes, it is a lot of agility work and a lot of just like quick movements and staying just as fit as any other soccer player, because, the task goalkeepers are forced to do are pretty demanding.
0: Is there any any crazy or unorthodox things that people would be surprised about that they implement into your training?
2: Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up and I was learning how to power dive, which is just like a full-on extension dive, um, my coach would put like a metal trash can in between me and I'd have to jump over it and every time I didn't jump over it it would obviously make the loudest noise so everybody knew that I didn't make my dive so that's tip, like not something that normal people do is dive over trash cans or things like that
0: Claire Howard joining us, she's the fifth year senior goalkeeper for the University of Montana soccer team tell us about Coach I mean, what have you thought of just what he's implemented into this program, and and how has he his vision sort of played out to the success you've had these last couple of years?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been the main contributor, contributor to it, and he's incredible. I mean, he's just, the way he cares about you as a person and a player is unmatched, and it's just so easy to work for him and buy into what he believes because he just cares about you so much, and he's huge on family, which is, what spearheads all of us being so bought into these relationships and making sure that it's more more than a game to us and he's incredible I'm lucky to play for him
0: the way that they've adjusted the schedule has been interesting as well because now in big sky conference player playing the same opponent back to back so how does that influence the way that the second match plays out do you think
2: yeah it was definitely something that we weren't sure what was going to happen obviously it's we are to play a team Friday and then turn around Sunday. What is the mindset of it? And our mindset is just game by game that Friday, you don't worry about Sunday. You just worry about Friday and you try to take care of Sunday. And then Saturday, you prepare for Sunday. And it's just regardless of the result you get on Friday, you just it is a completely new game and anything can happen. So it's just trying to have that kind of short-term memory of regardless of what happens Friday, turn around and compete again Sunday.
0: Chris Soccer off to a 5-0 and start that includes four consecutive Big Sky Conference victories this weekend at Sacramento State for a pair, Friday at 4 p.m. and Sunday at 1 p.m. So, first of all, Claire, how how close is Sacramento to your hometown? About an hour and a half. So will you have, are your, your folks going to be able to come up and watch? Are you going to have any friends or family there?
2: Yes, my family will, which will be cool. It is. Probably besides when we went to the University of San Francisco and Cal for non-conference, this is the closest we get. So it does feel like a little bit of a homecoming, which is exciting.
0: Well, very good. Well, Last question for you, then. What do you think will be the keys for you this weekend against Sac State? I mean, have you guys dove into the scout much, and how do you expect the matches to play out?
2: Yeah, it'll be a very good game. I mean, they're a very good team with a lot of offensive power and defensive strength. So I think it's just, Continuing to stick to what we do well and playing into our strengths and not letting us get too high or too low in any moment and putting away our opportunities when we have them and making the big-time plays defensively when needed.
0: Claire Howard, fifth-year senior for the University of Montana soccer team, and the new Big Sky Conference record holder for career shutouts with her thirtieth shutout of her career this last weekend in a victory over Portland State. Claire, congratulations again. We are happy to have you anytime. Thanks so much for swinging by, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Best of luck with the road trip this weekend. Thank
2: you so much. I appreciate
0: it. So there you go, Claire Howard, University of Montana soccer team. Pretty cool. They they got it rolling right now. Chris davitsky has got it rolling, and uh, you know a lot of times. I mean, culture is such a buzzword in college sports, and and sometimes it's it's real, and sometimes it's just a buzzword, and everybody cultivates it. But I don't think most places got it, and it's hard to build and It's hard to consistently have. And uh, the women's soccer team, though, at the University of Montana, they certainly do have it, and it's an impressive thing. You can just tell just by the way that they uh, communicate with each other and. The way that they all seem to have the exact same understanding of what Chris Chudovitsky's vision is. Uh, That's how you get to this point. I mean, that's how you make runs in the Big Sky Tournament. That's how you are the defending regular season champions in the Big Sky Conference. And that's how you're sitting there undefeated uh, in conference play and overall right now. So the rest of the uh, soccer schedule, just four regular season matches left for Big Sky Conference soccer the Grizz are at Sac State on both Friday and Sunday, and then they're back home April 9th and April 11th uh, against Eastern Washington. Those games are played at Big Sky High School, so it's an outside venue, so you, you can go to these. So uh, if you want to watch some good soccer, head on down to Big Sky High School next weekend because, uh, I mean, soccer is so fun to watch too because not only is it a fast-moving sport, but also uh, it do- it's not a huge time suck. I mean, a lot of times you can be in and out in, in an hour and a half or maybe just a little bit more than that. I used to love covering it as a sports writer because you almost were guaranteed to know that it wasn't good. It's not, it's not like baseball or sometimes you might be covering a four or five hour game. This is going to be done in less than two hours. So uh, great thing for you and your family to go check out big sky high school next weekend, April 9th and April 11th, against Eastern Washington. We're going to continue to do spring sports interviews throughout the rest of the week. Dylan Kipp from the University of Montana track team is going to join me tomorrow. Clint May, the interim head coach for the U- UM track team on Friday. Also trying to round up a couple of Montana state track interviews as well. As, as Claire mentioned there, um, you know, I on Nuwana's now, we always try to uh, keep a balance, especially when it comes to the division one sports in the state. We always try to have Bobcat interviews and Grizz interviews for all the sports. And, uh, the, Bobcats don't have soccer, so that that's one of the reasons why we've had a couple soccer interviews here in recent weeks, and uh, no Bobcat interviews, because they don't have any soccer teams. So, uh, but, but we will be uh, making the rounds with some of the track athletes from Montana State. Uh, Duncan Robinson's definitely a guy I want to have on this show, because he competed at the national level in both cross-country and indoor track and field earlier uh, this spring, and uh, he's an impressive kid, a sophomore out of Bozeman High School, who's Running really darn well for the, the uh, Bobcat men's track team. So we'll continue to make the rounds and give you all you all that you want, all that you need, keep you informed on all the variety of great sports, great athletes around the state of Montana. It is new on As now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. I got a dozen wings on the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. You're going to have to answer three final four questions for me first, though. 406-361-3688 keep that on the top of your head cuz we're doing some wing it Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill right after this What's up, Montana? There's a place
2: on the corner of cherry Welcome tree.
0: back to Nuanes Now on, on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe we you're watching in SWX Montana television. We're Coulter Nuanes rolling solo today, sort of. Got a lot of guests coming on. Sean Rainey's usually here from SWX Montana, but he's out working on a story on the uh, UM golf team, who, University of Montana golf team, has actually experienced uh, an incredible amount of adversity uh, in the last. Two years, and uh, I won't spoil alert the story, but be sure to check out the feature Sean's working on because uh, it's going to be. They, they've gone through a lot, and I think that uh, the fact that they're all still out there competing is is uh, pretty cool and uh, a testament to their toughness. But Sean does join us each and every Wednesday here on Nuana's Now, and he'll be back next Wednesday as well. But we are going to hear from him a little bit later on with our baseball preview. Also, top of the hour, about 10 minutes away, Ryan Collingwood, Spokesman Review sports writer. He's in Indianapolis, so we'll talk to him about all things Gonzaga and their run in the NCAA tournament, as well as all things Eastern Washington. He's worked at the Spokesman now for about half a dozen years, covering Eastern Washington and Gonzaga sports. So he's got some good insight on uh, the th- – team that's on a 30-game winning streak in Gonzaga and also an athletic department that seems like it's in a state of disarray in eastern Washington. Time now for a wing at Wednesday, 406-361-3688. I got some trivia questions about the final four for you. All you got to do is get two of them correct. I got three questions for you, and if you do, you're going to get a basket of wings from so the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So give us a call, 406-361-3688. That's 406 406- Three six one three six eight eight. A desperado there. I got a whole bunch of new stuff going on right now. Um, it's always been a cash only place, but now you can order uh, online uh, with a debit or credit card. So that's a that's a good step. And uh, if you haven't been down there, you're definitely going to need to go down there because it's definitely going to be the uh, the best wings in the city of Missoula, voted up by you by the uh, voting public of Missoula. It sounds like we might have a caller here, so we will wait for Reese to patch it through. In the meantime, I need you to write me an essay. Somebody, We need to write some essay entries here for this great Grizz Greats painting that I got. I got a painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson. And uh, we're giving that away on April 16th. All I need you to do is just express to me in any form or fashion, electronically, your favorite football Montana memories. It could be anything about the Grizz, the Bobcats, high school football, any of that stuff. And uh, shoot it to me via the email, coulter at com, Or you can uh, shoot it to us on social media at 1029ESPN or at Skyline Sports MT or at coulter underscore Nuanas. Any of those. just Or you can, on Facebook, Facebook, backslash ESPN Missoula, whatever you want. Shoot us, uh, give us an essay and uh, whatever is the best essay about football memories in the state of Montana. You'll be winning our Grizz Greats painting featuring three of the great Grizzlies of all time. Uh, as part of an extension of our Grizz Greats podcast series, go down to the De- the uh, Brothers RV phone line. We're going to send this guy the Desperado. I at least expect. And welcome in John to the show. John, what's going on, my man? How you doing? All right, a <clears throat> little nervous, Colt. Or your your questions are usually pretty tough. So <laughs> I've been watching the tourneys, So hopefully he can come up with something. Well, I, I love it. Okay, so question number one: UCLA, one of the big upsets in. The NCAA tournament as they take down Michigan, 51-49. and uh, UCLA a proud history, but it's been a little while since they were last in the Final Four. But they're back into the Final Four within a couple. I, you don't have to get it right. You don't have to get it right on, but within two on one side or the other. How many Final Fours has UCLA participated in in their men's basketball history?
1: Oh wow. Um. It's got to be what it was 10 or 12 straight. So I'd say there must be
0: uh, 16. Pretty close. This is their 18th final four. So <laughs> we, will, we will count it. That, that's one of the books. So All you right. want, one down, one to go. Two more questions remaining to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Okay, Gonzaga's into the final four. How many times have they made it to the Final Four? This actually is a, this was surprising to me because they've been to the Elite Eight many times, but how many times have they been to the Final Four? Uh,
1: I think I think just one other time, so this will be their second.
0: That's exactly right, just one other time. Okay. So Gonzaga, two Final Four appearances, very good. Question number, and you got yourself a basket of wigs at Desperado Sports Tavern Grill. So this third All one, right. it's just for fun. So. Houston is coached by Kelvin Sampson, who used to coach at Montana Tech about 40 years ago. But Kelvin Sampson has Houston into the Final Four for the first time since 1984. Those Houston teams in the early 1980s, Five a Jam is what they called them, one of the great uh, teams in college basketball history, three consecutive Final Fours, 1982, 1983, and 1984. Those teams were led by a pair of future NBA Hall of Famers. Can you name one of the two future Hall of Famers from Fly Slamma Jamma from the Houston Cougars in the early 1980s? I think I could name them both, and I think that's Olajuwon and Clyde DeGlide. You got it. Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler. Great nicknames, too. Clyde the Glide and, and Hakeem the Dream. Doesn't get much better than that. Those teams were amazing. <laughs> and, uh, John, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy yourself. A good sure. time Thanks. at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Thanks. And we give all your information to Reese, and uh, we'll get you all taken care of. A well, fun to a little cool, Yes, yeah, sir. Your show is great. I mean... When I have friends from out of town and we listen, I mean, invariably they think this is like a national ESPN
1: show. It's, it's you do a hell of a job.
0: Well, thanks, John. It's we really, really we really appreciate yeah. that, man. And uh, enjoy yeah. yourself down thanks the Desperado. A thanks a lot. We haven't done that in a little while. Maybe we'll re- re-implement that. I, eh? we like, we we love doing it. It's. Uh... Yeah, you know, sometimes I was told my questions are too hard, but see, I just ask pretty hard questions, and John just went three for three, so we are, we are all good. And uh, I know everybody out there; you guys know your stuff. I'm not asking anything too impossible, I promise. So maybe we will go back to doing every once in a while at least some some uh, listener trivia. But either way, it is Wicked Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, home of the best wings in the city of Missoula. Hour one in the books. Hour two, ESPN Roundtable coming at you hot. Ryan Collingwood, Spokesman Review. We're going to break down all things Gonzaga, the Final Four, Indianapolis, and Eastern Washington. Back on the one is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, right after this.